Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. We're glad that you've tuned in. A few things we wanted to tell you at the beginning of the show, and that's this podcast was created to be a tool to help you, primarily to discover and grow your EQ. Science and our own lived experiences confirm that the better we are at managing our emotions, the better we're going to be at making decisions, which leads to a better life. And that's something we all want. We're glad that you've taken out the time today to listen and hope that something that you hear will lead to a breakthrough. Hey, one last thing. We'd really appreciate a review on whichever platform you use to listen. And if you want to, leave some comments about what you heard today, as well as follow and subscribe. That way you won't miss a single episode as we continue this journey. And with that, the show begins. Welcome, everyone. My name is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. Today's episode is all around better decision-making. Life is a journey. Spirit of EQ helps shape and guide the road ahead for individuals, leaders, teams, and organizations striving to realize their full potential through emotional intelligence. Spirit of EQ is a coaching and consulting company that assists individuals and businesses to reach their full potential by developing emotional intelligence. In business, managers and leaders recognize the value of training to develop leadership skills. What they may not realize is that those skills are far more effective when they pay attention to not only performance, but also to people. Emotional intelligence is a crucial skill because people drive performance and emotions drive people. After this podcast, listen for a special opportunity to learn more. Joining me as usual is Jeff East with the Spirit of EQ. Hi, Jeff. Hello, Eric. And I guess we're going to do it a little bit differently. Eric is going to be the uh, the one getting the questions. I'm going so, to get grilled and I'm ready, yeah. I think. <laughs> so decision-making. That sounds horrible <laughs> because who likes to have to make decisions? Oh, that's really good, Jeff. <laughs> However, um, and I learned this uh, uh, from you in, in a real distinct way when we were doing a uh, EQ cafe is that we make almost like a thousand or more decisions every single day. Mm-hmm, exactly. Whether we're conscious of it or not, right? Yeah. Well, what's fascinating to me about the idea of that is that, no, I don't expect that starting tomorrow, um, I'm going to keep track of every single decision I make, every right turn, every left turn, every turning of the ignition key, what have you. But I do believe it, as we look in this new year is that it might be a good idea for our audience, I was thinking as a subject, is talk about how can we get better at making those key decisions, Exactly. Okay. And what are some of the steps that we can take in order to do that? Um, Within Spirit of EQ, I've kind of used um, my definition, if you will. um, And this was great because Lynette and I, uh, who is also a part of Spirit of EQ and Six Seconds, um, she asked me the question, well, how would you define it if somebody asked you just in random, how do you define emotional intelligence? And the best definition I could come up with is that it's managing my thoughts and my emotions to make better decisions. Because I know if I make better decisions, 
I'm going to have better results, better relationships, fill in the blank and fill in the blank. Exactly. What kind of a decision would you be talking about? You know, there's the decisions of, like you mentioned, you know, you're driving your car and you see a yellow light. You have to make a decision. Do I hit the accelerator? Do I hit the brakes? Or, you know, whatever. You know, do you look around? Okay, there's no cop. I'm just going to go on through. So you make decisions like that, and those are almost done automatically. Mm-hmm. So what kind of decisions are you talking about? Um, specifically, I'm referring to the ones that more than likely you, you've got a little bit of time to, to process and reflect on. Um, again, as we're in the new year, obviously the, the new year's resolutions are now in full swing. Um, and, uh, th- those are the kind of decisions I'm thinking about. What is it that you want for 2019? And whether it's in a specific area of your health or a career or family or what have you and a kind of evaluating, okay, how am I making that decision as far as number one, is this really even something that's important to me? Right. Mm-hmm. Or, how am I going to practically do the things that I need to do in order to hit that goal? Those are the kind of decisions I'm speaking to here. I realize that everybody's going to be in different places as far as how they came to that. Because, for example, I know with New Year's resolutions, and you can look, the statistics probably bear this out, a lot of times it's rooted around weight loss. Mm-hmm. You know, people eat like crazy during the holidays and they want to lose 20 pounds. Um, so regardless of what that is, I'm kind of speaking to that idea. You know, what are you going to do with those big things, those things that you really want to accomplish in the year that are are not those quick decisions that are made, yellow light, green light, that kind of thing? Okay. What are some steps that you might use when you're you're using EQ to make a better decision? What What is your process? First, I, I would say, uh, and, and Jeff, I know we have some people potentially out there in the audience at a disadvantage because our work is around EQ. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've taken the assessments. We've, we've got that documentation. We've got that data, right, that, that really informs us. I'm unabashed in saying if you're out there, I highly recommend that you get with us to do some of our assessments because it is very informative data for yourself. But for me, it, it, it really kind of it doesn't necessarily start there. But one of the tools that I use is looking at the results of my assessments and the debriefs that I've had to kind of understand, OK, where am I at and, and, and how are things um, we've talked about it before in previous episodes. Just an example is the uh, recognizing patterns. Okay. Okay. Um, and that follows under, and I don't want to get too far into our lingo, but the, the know yourself quadrant, right? Where you, you, you begin to understand, okay, okay, what do I do when I'm in this situation? Where do I go when I'm doing this? And how does this typically play out? What do I want to, what kind of decision do I want to make in light of this circumstance or, or whatnot? So I basically recommend that you, you're taking the data that you have. Um, and even if you haven't gone through assessments, everybody has some data. Okay. What's important to you? You know, that's, that's really kind of basic one-on-one stuff, right? Exactly. What's most important to you? Is it family? Is it God? Is it career? Is it money? Is it friends? Whatever that is, then begin to think about, well, how do I want to get better? What is it that I want to get better at? Do I want to be a better friend, a better husband, a better wife, a better 
or do I want to be a better salesman or whatever it may be. So you're thinking about what result do I want? Yeah, exactly. What's your, what's your outcome? You know, that kind of deal. Emotional intelligence, if my definition can be considered as a check mark of, yeah, that's, that's a good way of putting it or that's a good description of it. Think about it in those terms. What are my thoughts and what are my emotions and managing them together to make a better decision? And someone could say, well, wait a minute, Eric, do you mean I sit in a room and wait for my thoughts and my emotions to throw up something to <laughs> me and then I react? Well, no, it's not that. But quite frankly, we do realize that when you think about family, when you think about career, when you think about your physical health and maybe the weight loss, there's something that happens that's triggered in there. So imagine, for example, weight loss. Not everyone may go this route, but I, my gut is, is that a number of people do. Their thought is, I need to lose the weight. Maybe the emotion is, I feel bad because I let myself go last year and I, and I really didn't exercise and I didn't eat right. And how could I do that? Right. To me, the management of it is, is okay. Wait a minute. Okay. The thought, the emotion, what really happened? Am I really that bad? Maybe I should apply some self empathy. <laughs> uh, maybe then I go, okay. Well, then the thought is there is something I can do. And I'm not going to let myself run away with all these negative thoughts and emotions that just basically maybe would even get me to the place to say, I'll never be able to do it. So I'm not even going to try. Okay. Uh, you made me think of something kind of opposite. Are you familiar with the term uh, uh, the puppy dog sale or the puppy dog closing? No, no. It's, it's something I heard about uh, pet shops. If a family would come in and the kids wanted to get a puppy dog, they would let the puppy dog go home with them for the night. Oh, my. <laughs> okay. So now who's emotionally involved in this? Yeah. Okay. And I've also heard um, – I'm not saying any car salesman out there that I'm picking on you, but that is a, a practice that car salesmen use. They'll let you take the car home for the night. And you, now you're emotionally attached to something. Uh, how do you get past that when when something, you know, and it could be your your boss, you know, really needs you to take this new position, and so they give you all the the positives, and you feel really good about it. And now they've kind of hijacked the emotion part of you. Right. What do you do with that? In every thought and every emotion, I think we need to play the role of detective. Okay. To ask ourselves those probing questions like, is this true? Mm -hmm. Is this for real? What decision, if I make this decision, I need to play that out over time. What does it look like if I keep this puppy? <laughs> Am I prepared? Is our family prepared to take care of a puppy? How old are my kids? And that really does come down to slowing down and just consciously saying, time out. I do realize that the pet stores, the car dealerships are counting on you not doing that. <laughs> exactly. Right? Uh, wasn't a dog, but it was a car in our case. <laughs> okay. All right. And we've all been there. Yes. There's no doubt about that. But I think the best decisions I've made is when I've said, I've got to give myself time to be my own personal detective to evaluate and to think through and, and not just think through in the sense of can I afford it or I can't afford it, but play it out over time. 
You know, I'll never forget. Um, there was a movie, uh, some time ago, and I might have mentioned it in a past episode. Um, and I won't bore you with me trying to struggle and titles and all of that, but there was a scene. This guy was making continually mistakes. He was messing up and it was now starting to move into messing up his life. Right. And this teacher asked him, of all the things that you're doing, how many of them are making your life better? <laughs> okay. And the, the movie was, I mean, the scene, the art, the art of it was just the expression on the guy's face. It was almost like a, wow, that is absolutely on mark. And I've never done that before. That's what it communicated. So maybe in some ways, it really is, quite frankly, that's another part of that detective work. Yes, okay. So, okay, you're describing one of our competencies in our EQ model of consequential thinking. Yes, exactly. And um, I can tell you from experience, Jeff, uh, with my 19-year-old, I took her through an assessment, did a debrief, and looked at the score, and she readily admitted that's an area where I need to get better at because she, and, and again, it's not me because, hey, 19-year-olds are 19-year-olds. We were there before, right? She realizes that she can't just go off of the immediate. She's got to really take some time to evaluate, and maybe not for three or four days or anything like that. Sometimes you're not given exactly the amount of time you want. Sometimes you may have to make a decision quickly, but as quickly as you have to make a decision, I think that's as quickly as you can manage the thought and the emotion, right? And kind of Apply the consequential thinking. So what I'm hearing, you're you're combining the emotion with the logical thinking. The emotion is the trigger, Mm -hmm. and then you're using your consequential thinking and your other parts of the EQ model to come to the decision to try to get the outcome you want. Yeah, and that's the beauty of the um, of the model uh, that we we use around emotional intelligence is that there's these competencies that support. These three spheres, right? The know yourself, the choose yourself and give yourself, right? And how those all apply. And obviously this episode is not going to give you that in detail. And if you'd want to learn more, you can reach out to Jeff and I about that. Um, but I wanted to give people a practical kind of, all right, where am I at? Um, another example for me, um, is, uh, is diet, right? And obviously, a lot of people have heard about all the different diets that are out there. Paleo, ketogenic, uh, intermittent fasting. That's not a diet. It's a way of and, – and I always ask the question, anyone that wants to talk to me about that, is that are those sustainable? I mean, after you lose the 20 pounds, ding, 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 you ring the bell, you did it. So are you going to keep doing that diet? Or do you go out and get pizza and ice cream? <laughs> If the diet isn't sustainable, that you can adapt it as a part of your lifestyle from here until the what have you, then I would more than likely say you're going to be in for some big time frustration. Um, and that's kind of where I liken it. So whether it's a diet and it could be careers, another great example. Okay. If you stay in this role for the next whatever, what then after you become the executive vice president of whatever? What then? You know, I I have been in homes in very prestigious zip codes, very big homes, and they had no furniture. I've seen, you know, the bed, the mattress and box springs on the floor, and 
milk crates like you would see in a college dorm because they got the house they wanted. And when they were went to pay, I've heard overheard conversations of which credit card has enough to pay this $200 bill. Well, I think of another thing too, Jeff, within that analogy is that the house sometimes can be a representative of us in the physical form, right? Mm-hmm. But inside, there's no furniture. <laughs> exactly. Right? And, and that's not a criticism. That's, that's just an example of maybe we got it turned around. Maybe we should have worked more on what was inside and then the outside, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I firmly believe that most people have an intention every day of making good decisions. I don't think there are many people out there. I've never met someone who said, you know what? It's winter. It's January. Today's a good day for me to mess up, make some bad decisions. <laughs> so oh, you think people do sometimes. Well, well yeah, right. <laughs> but that's the not their intent. But our in, the intention, I think, is I want to make good decisions, right? I, I, I want to make the kind of decisions that are going to lead to fill in the blank that's good and positive. And I also realize that Sometimes people don't have anyone in their life that comes alongside of them to help them maybe pause for that moment. You know, that's one of the beauties of of our work is that there's coaching available Mm -hmm. inside of it. It's not like we do a data dump on people and say, good luck. Right. right? Um, Some people don't need that as much, but at the same time, it's, it's one of those things that there's that availability because if you're trying to go it alone, you're going to probably start to take your cues and your decision-making based on influences around you. Mercedes-Benz and Chevy or fill-in-the-blank with auto, they do believe you need a new car. That's their job. That's their job. They're selling cars. You know, the person who's building homes, they do believe you need to move up to the next home. Okay? Nothing wrong with that. But what what gets wrong is when our decision-making are influenced by those forces that tell us this is who you should be. This is what you should do. You know, there, there's a, there's been some discussion in our household. Uh, we have six months to go pay off the mortgage on our condo. And we've been talking about, okay, we could take some equity out and do this, that, or the other thing. But we've been looking forward and what we're focusing on is July 1st, we don't have a mortgage payment anymore. Ah, awesome. <laughs> so we, we have really struggled with that because it would be easy to go to the bank and, but we've decided no, we're not. And Jeff, you, you use that. That's a really good example of the reality is, is that we're always going to have advertising. We're always going to have quote temptations, quick right? and loans. All right. I mean, you <laughs> fill in the blank that are always going to be pulling at us and even our own, just our own desires. I would mm-hmm. really love that or I would really love this. And all I'm saying is, is don't be freaked or spooked by advertising or messages or whatever. Just purposely stop. Again, manage the thought, manage the emotion, then make the decision. And they're making it so easy. You can get on a website at midnight and do that now. Yeah. So it's so easy to fall into that. So with all we've talked about, Eric, what is one small step or something that somebody can start doing mm-hmm. to make better decisions? Okay. That, that's a, that's a great question, Jeff. And in the end, what we're talking about is big, but it is accomplished by small. Okay. It's a series of small decisions, a small practice, right? And, and I think we've alluded to it in past episodes and, and maybe even here today, this idea of practice. 
you know, if we were playing professional sports or even amateur sports, we wouldn't think for a minute of going out and playing a competitive game without some practice. Okay? But ironically, and it comes to the game of life, most people don't practice. So the small step that I would recommend is that you begin a habit of practice. What does that look like? Okay, I alluded to earlier. Okay, take some time. Manage the thought. Manage the emotion. Okay, I'm going to relook at my New Year's resolutions, and I'm going to spend 10 minutes and evaluate things from that perspective. Or I'm going to add in that, is this goal going to make my life better? Okay, and then what you do is the next day, beginning of the day, I'm going to spend five minutes looking at these particular things, and I'm going to do that exercise. Because if you just listen to a, this podcast, okay, or if you if you read a book or, or, or an article, a blog post, and then walk away, I'm sorry, I, I got to tell you, your failure rate is going to be really high. You're, all you have is more information. That's all it is. It's just more data. It's just more data that fills your head and then is crowded out by something else later. So again, I, I think one real key small step is embrace the idea of practice. Um, and, and if you need to, uh, re-listen to this podcast, but certainly think about that sports analogy, right? Because I, I believe it applies to all kinds of areas. But no team would ever think about going out and playing a game without practice. Exactly. Even the most elite practice. They practice more than probably anyone else. <laughs> and you are totally on mark on that one, Jeff. <laughs> Musicians are the same way. Artists are the same way. Uh, authors are the same way. They practice. They work at it. I can't help but bring my Miles Davis analogy into well, it's things. Well, it's a tradition now. Oh, yes, sorry. We've got a regular <laughs> habit, whether I'm we're on the, whatever side of the microphone. Um, but even as great as Miles Davis was, he practiced. He had to. I mean, you just can't rely on raw talent to deliver something wonderful. Uh, and I get it. We, we live in a culture and an age where practicing on the game of life is really kind of uh, it's non-existent. But I think you'll find that if you look at those who are really successful in life and fill in the blank with whatever area of life, more than likely, if you dig deep enough, you'll find practice was was very much at the heart of exactly. it. Exactly. So what can Spirit of EQ do to help anyone? Well, I think a really good place is what we're doing here, Jeff, the podcast. Uh, we have a lot of episodes in the archive. Uh, we're consistently putting these out there. This is our way of communicating with you uh, that can give you useful tips. Uh, they can go to our website, which is just www.spiritofeq.com. There are a lot of resources there. Uh, I'm a really hands-on, you know, touch and feel type of person. So reach out to us directly. I mean, Eric at Spirit of EQ, Jeff at Spirit of EQ, send us a note. Um, say, hey, I'm, I'm wondering about this. On your podcast episode about X, did you mean Y? And obviously, if you are in a position and you want to go further and deeper, is go with us on the journey and, and go through an engagement. Learn from us and in the sense of taking an assessment or bringing your team at work and having them go through the process so they can be better at decision making. Because 
I'm one of these folks. I, I've got a very optimistic, uh, I'm, I'm very, um, if that's the right way to say it, but I have a lot of hope that the more the people that we touch, Jeff, with things like better decision-making through emotional intelligence, right, we're going to start to impact families, relationships, neighborhoods, cities, states, countries. I think that's how we're going to bring about real positive change. And I think it's very interesting. Uh, you've heard us mention Six Seconds. We're a preferred partner of Six Seconds. Yep. And Six Seconds has a really amazing goal. By 2039, they want to see one billion people practicing EQ in this world. Yes. And that's what Eric is talking about. Absolutely. And And they use the word practicing EQ. It's not doing it being the best at it, but practicing because well, that's how you get better. Yeah. And, and if you think about it too, Jeff, uh, what do you think the world would look like if better decision making was happening? <laughs> Cause better decision making is a, is an outpour of practicing exactly. emotional intelligence. So in my mind, wow, think about my, think about my own life. I think about my relationship with my kids, with my wife, my work, my entrepreneur pursuits, my, my neighborhood, my, my church and all those things. And I'm thinking of the times that I'm asked to make the better decisions I make, the better results I'm going to get. And it applies in all of these areas. So yeah, that's, uh, that's the long way around to say, get in contact with us. That's, that's the best way. Well, thank you, Eric. And thank you everyone for listening. Thanks for subscribing and listening to the Spirit of EQ podcast with Jeff East and Eric Pennington. Spirit of EQ is a preferred partner of Six Seconds, the Emotional Intelligence Network. Six Seconds is a nonprofit organization researching what works in emotional intelligence. Best practices are shared through methods and tools that are global, scientific, and transformational. To find out more about Spirit of EQ or to request a speaker, go to spiritofeq.com. Our contact information is in the podcast show notes as well. And now for our special offer. Hi, this is Jeff again. I just want to let everybody know that if you have any questions or want more information about anything we've talked about, just send me a quick email. And my email is jeff at spiritofeq.com. And I'll get right back with you. Thanks. Hi, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ. I'm not introducing a new episode today. I'm here to tell you some things that might help you. Jeff, you're with me as always. So yes. how do people get in touch with us? Well, the best way is just send us an email at info at spiritofeq.com. That's awesome. Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews, and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them, so... Reviews on all of the platforms, wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. Do you think that'd be good? I think that would be great because, one, that will help us learn how to make better ones. And it's always good for us. So to we're, hear. we're not the perfect podcast host? We're close. Okay. All but, right. But, but not, still. Not totally We want perfect. your feedback. We want your feedback. But it'll, it also might uh, let us know a new subject. Hey, we need to dig deeper into that. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Cool. We really appreciate that. As always, too, there is social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. 
Those also have mechanisms or, or options for you to be able to leave a comment, a like, or those kind of things. Just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us. Right, Jeff? Right. We appreciate you all. Thank you. Once again, we really appreciate you tuning in today. One of the things that Jeff and I want to bring to your attention as well is that when we created this podcast, it was not intended to take the place of a clinician. In other words, if you find yourself in a place where there's something deeper going on or something that you cannot solve on your own, we do recommend that you reach out to a clinician of some sort. This podcast is purely opinion-based and it is rooted in the desire to help you along your path in whatever way we can. However, it is never going to replace, nor should it ever be looked at as a replacement for clinical help in any way. Thanks again for tuning in.